This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. You can help us to level up by supporting this podcast. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm and search for Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting and then hit the button that actually says support this podcast. I want you to go there now. Go, 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 go. And thank you ahead of time. Hey there, everyone, and thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, the publisher of the magazine. This is your podcast for parents. I want you to tell all of your friends and followers about the show. So go to our Facebook page for Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers right now. Go ahead, go do that. And let people know you are joining us live. Even better, you can click on the options and start a watch party because we love that. In addition, you can comment on Facebook and I will post the best comments live on air and know that it can take a little while for your questions to populate in the backstage area. So ask any questions early, don't wait. And know that our hashtag for the show is hashtag backtalk. So that's hashtag backtalk. So if you uh, comment, and put that, I can pull up all of the archives for Backtalk and maybe profile you later uh, in or in the future. So make sure you use that. Today, we are discussing alternative traditions and celebrations for Thanksgiving with Dr. Farzanza, Salim Farzana, sorry, Farzana, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Farzana's research examines the impact of racial stress and trauma on the mental health of black and brown children and adolescents. So how are you, Farzana? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. No, I thank you for coming. I'm sorry about that. My tongue got tied for a second there. No way. Um, <laughs> we're so glad to have you. We're in November already. I can't believe we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, time too. just flying. Like you see the proverbial, proverbial, my, my mouth today, proverbial calendar pages flying in the wind. Um, and it's just one of, it's just like too fast, too fast. We're almost at the end of the year. Thanksgiving, though. We're about to celebrate. I know we're already seeing Christmas commercials and the toy commercials are full in force because I have grandchildren who are like, oh, I want this, I want that already. You know, <laughs> it, it works, the commercials work. But yeah. here we are, Thanksgiving is in a few weeks. And yeah. for Black families, we don't really think about what the real history is with Thanksgiving or how it traditionally started. You know, so for us, it's about family and giving thanks and eating turkey, right? Yeah. But but there's something inherently wrong with Thanksgiving. So what is wrong with Thanksgiving for Black people, specifically African-Americans? What is the issue that um, we need to really start thinking about? Yeah, I think a, a lot of folks um, traditionally think about Thanksgiving from what they read in their textbooks, you know, going to school, that it was the day um, where kind of pilgrims came and had this meal uh, with Native people, and it was a big celebration. But uh, there is kind of, there is a 
a traumatic uh, history that is associated with Thanksgiving that I think it's important to be mindful of as well within the United States um, and how that we kind of celebrate and reference it. And so we want to be mindful of the fact that, um, you know, there there is a history around genocide of Native peoples during that time. And so we're not necessarily saying don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but maybe we should think a little bit more about what the history of Thanksgiving is um, and then ways that we want to kind of curate our own traditions within our family and what that means uh, to, to celebrate Thanksgiving. Right, exactly. I mean, most of the holidays throughout the year were based on pagan holidays, right? That, um, you know, the Christian church said, okay, well, these pagans aren't going to give up their holidays. So we need to incorporate them with our Christian holidays so that we can convert them. I mean, that's basics of how our holidays came about. And many of our black families are, they're, they're highly religious. You know, we have a huge Christian base, but they don't realize that almost all of these holidays that we celebrate were pagan holidays. Now, Thanksgiving, of course, based on the pilgrims and, you know, establishing friendships with indigenous people. Um, and then later on, I don't know if those pilgrims realized that they would be part of the genocide of those people um, indirectly, you know, but, uh, when we celebrate Thanksgiving, as I got older, I started thinking, wow, <laughs> do I really want to celebrate this holiday as is without making some sort of reference to all the people who lost their lives or, um, you know, it, you know, I don't want to be solemn, but, you know, trying to change the perspective of it. And so I started looking into other traditions that were established like Emoja Karamu, um, and something that had more meaning to it that was positive. And I, I found that to be that for me. And I started incorporating small things just last year into my Thanksgiving um, celebration. And one of the cool things, I'm just going to put this up here with us and adjust it about Emoja Karamu mm -hmm. is that all of the food represents different colors um, that have meaning. So um, these are some of the foods that you would incorporate, which we, if you look at it carefully, we already have these, right? In most Thanksgiving preparations, but just to talk about them and, and the meanings behind each one. And you can go to our website and just uh, search Emoja or Karamu and it will come up and it will tell you about what the colors represent um, and how to incorporate this into your um, your dinners and why you should, you know, why we are celebrating Emoja Karamu. Um, same thing with uh, Kwanzaa. Hmm. You know, I didn't grow up celebrating Kwanzaa. I found out about Kwanzaa as an adult. And uh, when I, you know, I, I thought, well, I don't know anybody who celebrates Kwanzaa. <laughs> you know, I didn't know anyone in my circle. I really just didn't. Right. So I thought, oh, it's a made up holiday. But aren't they all? They all are, are made up holidays. Um, eventually, at some point in time, they were made up. So I started, uh, Last year, more so doing it more seriously, I did little things before incorporating um, homemade gifts and things like that. But I, I you know, I purchased um, my first like candle set. And, and I know I'm not saying the proper name, so that you guys don't get on me. I'm still learning about my Kwanzaa. But I had the, uh, I had my candles, and I started burning my my candles. You know, the black ones and the green and the red. And I just started that last year. So. Um, and that's an investment to buy because it was like a good $40 for a nice one. <laughs> so you have to, if you have a Christmas tree and Christmas going on, it can be expensive. But um, what about Moja Karama? Like some of the things that parents can incorporate besides like 
colors is just nice to giving gifts to each other that are homemade or even your kids drawing. But why it, why is this so important for African American families? Like why should we be thinking about this? Yeah, um, absolutely. It is it's really important to think about ways that we can um, teach our kids to have racial pride and also teach our kids about our cultural history. Um, a lot of research actually shows that teaching your kids about um, their history and also promoting racial pride can actually reduce the impact of uh, racial stress on their mental health outcomes. And so um, one of the things that I study is ethnic racial socialization. So that's how parents are talking to kids um, about race, about culture, um, about preparing for racial bias and how to cope with it. And so this is an opportunity, although it should be all, all year long, you know, talking to your kids about their culture and, and history. I think the holidays generally present this unique time where we can, um, you know, think about this as an opportunity to teach them about uh, their culture in a way tied to um, history. And then also, you know, think of creative ways to help them maybe even give thanks about uh, things, they, things they love about their own, you know, culture, history, um, racial group, because we know that this is a, a buffering factor against um, racial stress when kids experience that. Right. And racial stress is real for children and adults these yeah. days. It's really severe and it's hard. I'm actually writing a book right now about parenting in a racist world and mm -hmm. just writing it is, is stressful. And, yeah. and I've, it's brought me to tears mm -hmm. um, for many chapters. Um, and it's hard not to make it like doom and gloom kind of uh, book in the beginning, but it does pick up at the end <laughs> because you, I'm writing all the different examples and it's just so many. I, I'm not at, at a loss for material. It's, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, but I just want to talk about let's talk about Thanksgiving because I have a comment here. It says, yes, the history of Thanksgiving is good to know. How many of us really think about that? I mean, we have our kids participating in plays where they're pilgrims and Native Americans, and usually it's politically incorrect when they do that anyway. But I mean, other than that, we don't really think about it because we're thinking family, we got a day off or more, and we're enjoying this time. But for parents, I just want you guys to know there are some things you can do that are very small, like maybe just this year, add an African fabric as a tablecloth to your table, and just every year add one thing one new thing or you can talk about the colors maybe have pieces of paper in a bowl about which uh foods represent what colors just to educate your family especially your extended family um so like black represents um the african-american family before slavery in africa color white is represented by rice which stands for the family in slavery red is, is represented by tomatoes which symbolizes emancipation or freedom from slavery Green is for liberty and represented by collard greens, orange, sweet potatoes. And um, it's also represented by corn and both stands for hope in your future or your family. So just something like that um, you can incorporate. It's usually the head of the household uh, is at the head of the table. Um, if you really want to get into it, they have like um, you can do like a purification right where um, you basically a water and towels used and to celebrate whoever's the head of household washes their hands to keep the food pure in front of everyone through the bowl. Um, you have candlelight and incense. 
Uh, and the ceremony always begins with a prayer, which many of our households already do. So it's not that different. It's more so incorporating the African culture and talking about how this came about and why we are doing that. Um, now, let me ask you, because I'm seeing more and more families starting to even celebrate Kwanzaa. Do you know of anyone who celebrates it? Because it's it's still a very small percentage. Yeah, I, I know a few folks that, that definitely celebrate it. I think some folks more traditionally and some, like you said, kind of pulling small pieces and learning about it. I agree that um, there's definitely folks who may not may not have grown up celebrating either of these holidays, but just are curious to learn more about how do I um, instill more appreciation and history of African culture um, into holidays like um, either of these, whether it is Kwanzaa, whether it's um, uh, Umoja Karamu, uh, either one of these, I think are great opportunities to, uh, if you do not traditionally celebrate, look into them and think about, are there ways to kind of bring in these pieces? Like you said, many of, many, not all, but many African-American families uh, do already engage in prayer, thinking about ways to also remember those in our families who have passed, I think is another great tradition um, that is already integrated within both of these holidays that we might not think about doing. Um, also, another kind of traditional piece uh, that we can think of are kind of historical readings. This doesn't have to be reading a history textbook. You know, this could be um, reading a piece of literature, one of your favorite, um, maybe Black um, African, you know, artists or um, writers who have written something that you think is important to create a discussion around the table. So thinking about ways to pull out pieces of, of these holidays, even if you don't traditionally celebrate them, I think is a great opportunity for families. You know, I love those uh, suggestions. I think um, that's right on. Well, one family had, uh, wrote to us and they said in their house, they celebrate Emoja Karamu. They will have drums playing in the background to set the mood. Okay, so if you can't afford to have live drummers, but you can find <laughs> the music on YouTube, you can find yeah. it, you know, iTunes. That's kind of cool to have just low drum beat in the background. Um, they said one uh, family said they even hired a professional storyteller to perform um, narratives, which I think is is really interesting because you know we have a history of griots which are, are storytellers they keep the history of um different family groups and uh that that's part of our, our tradition that you can even talk about why do we have a storyteller here and mm -hmm. our storytellers are pretty awesome and you can even find people who dress up as historical characters that uh tell stories i know we had some um at our black history fair one time at school where i used to teach and uh that was one of the highlights of the whole Black History Month. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, music, new world music, and even incorporating traditional dance. I know we have a lot of African dance troops, um, people who learn African dance to perform. You know, it's almost like praise dancing, really, if you look at it. <laughs> so um, those are some things that I think that if you just start slowly incorporating and building it bigger, if you really like to do parties and do them up, incorporate all of those and just make a big party out of it instead of just the Thanksgiving dinner. I think that would be um, pretty awesome. So let's talk about, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but why knowing your culture for mm -hmm. children is detrimental? Why is that? Yeah. So uh, it's really important given the history of African-Americans in this country, um, given that we were brought over forcefully as a group there is this disconnect for, for many of us um, with our, our ancestral heritage within Africa. And so 
throughout generations, there are some families that have uh, done a lot of research or ever have as much you know records as they could have had throughout you know slavery up into the present day, where they are connected to their ancestors. They know more about the traditions, and there's plenty of people who don't who feel very disconnected from that. And so I think that that has caused. Um, throughout generations, folks to not feel as connected to their African heritage and culture. Um, in, in addition to that, there are plenty, there's a lot of socialization around us uh, for generations that has uh, taught us to kind of value characteristics that are not necessarily associated with, with um, African heritage and Blackness, right? So uh, you traditionally hear a lot of folks uh, with not only within the African culture or African-American culture, but in other cultures, uh, kind of referencing and, and praising, you know, lighter skin, uh, straight hair, things associated that are typically not associated with Black heritage. And so it's important to be able to build confidence in our kids around who they are, around their um, racial and ethnic identity, and helping them be proud of that. So learning about the history, which they can feel, you know, easily disconnected from, especially if they are in schools that aren't teaching African history and, and teaching history in a way that's accurate. Um, and then also to help buffer them against different types of racial stress that they're going to experience in their lives and things around them that they're going to see. So it really helps in terms of just knowing and having that foundation in your history. And then it guards against um, when kids experience these racial, experience these racial stressors, um, it can help buffer that um, impact and then help them build a strong ethnic racial identity, again, which we know through research is really um, important for development and well-being for youth. Yes, absolutely. And I think what you said in the latter part of your statement is, is extremely important because if you teach your child not only Black history and about the culture, mm -hmm. when they experience someone who's bigoted or racist, um, with incorrect statements, they have that buffer, they have a comeback, they have something they can say to help protect themselves and also educate, even though a lot of these people are interested in being educated, but they can come back and say, well, that's actually not true. And right. my people are great, basically. Right, <laughs> you know? right. so in, a, in a simplest form, I think that's basically that's it. Yeah. So I think that is so important. If you start from a very young age, your child will be uh, by the time they're a teen, uh, they can't be touched. You know, they have, will have this strong resolve that you've created from such a young young age. So start early. Um, but what happens to our children who experience racial stress? I mean, there are some physical um, uh, reactions and symptoms that we will see. Correct? Can you right. talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. There, a lot of research shows that when kids experience different forms of racial discrimination, that it can be associated with higher, more depressive symptoms, more anxious symptoms. Um, there are some recent studies that even associated with um, some trauma symptoms, also lower self-esteem. So uh, it is really important to be able to have these buffers. There's plenty of research um, within the adult literature too about racial stress being linked to physiological and health outcomes. Um, there's the literature is growing in terms of really understanding that for kids, but absolutely um, we know that experiences with racial stress and discrimination can also impact physical health outcomes. So that's why it is very important to think about what can we do as parents? What can we do as community members to really help um, mitigate or reduce uh, the impact of these stressors? on kids' outcomes. So uh, one thing that we know is giving these kind of racial pride messages, teaching kids about their history and socializing them in a positive way in terms of their um, their identity and who they are culturally, ethnically, racially can be very beneficial. 
right? And I want to encourage parents to also look in their community for different events that are celebrating your culture. Yep. Because those field trips not only help with vocabulary, but also builds that resolve and pride in their, their culture. So keep an eye on those calendars. Make sure you look at your um, local NAACP, those types of organization for different events, um, even down to your African-American business or chamber chamber of commerce. They even have um, different events for um people starting businesses. And if you have a team, I highly suggest you take them with you to those types of events so that they can learn about business and being an entrepreneur. But are there, we're running out of time, but I want to know if you have any um, last advice or tips for parents to help them to celebrate new, new tra uh, traditions. I'm having a day celebrate new traditions mm -hmm. and um, you know, so that they can actually um, build their child children's resolve up for their culture. Like what, do you suggest? Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the things we've been talking about today are great. I think looking into these holidays, thinking about ways, you know, you don't have to feel overwhelmed, bringing in one or two pieces at a time um, in terms of uh, learning about history, learning about culture that could be really helpful. This can also be around food, music, like you said, sharing narratives, sharing stories. These are all really simple things that don't have to cost um, extra money that you can do to integrate in the holiday season. Um, and, you know, remembering that there are ways that we can promote kids' healthy identity and and, um, and uh, kind of perspective about their culture and their history through what we say, what we show, things that are in the house, um, as well as our actions. Um, and I will also mention that American Psychological Association has uh, an ethnic racial socialization web page, and there's a lot of great ideas on that in terms of ways that parents can engage in healthy racial socialization. Um, and build um, healthy racial kind of pride and identity with kids. So um, for parents who are interested, they can check out the um, apa.org slash res. And there's a lot of um, information about how to do that on there as well. No, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, they have a lot of great information. Um, and uh, also, I just want to say that you can start really young. I think as young as age two can understand some of the concepts, as long as you break it down uh, about, you know, cultural pride, you can say, hey, we, this is an African fabric, uh, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And they, they, they'll get it. You know, our kids are really smart. I always say don't limit them because they are young. Yeah. Um, so, you know, start just start talking about things. And I put this up here. There's the uh, website. So you can got you can go see to the APA site and check out some of the wonderful articles there. We have partnered with them to bring some of their content over to our website. So make sure you guys uh, click on that and or put in the uh, address and check out some of the wonderful articles. They're doing great work over there. Um, okay, I just, this is awesome. I'm so glad we got to talk because, yeah. you know, I'm all for incorporating culture into every celebration we possibly can and knowing the history behind what you're actually celebrating. Because to me, that's like getting a tribal tattoo and not knowing what it says. So basically, that's where we are when we're celebrating uh, these holidays that aren't originally from Africa. And, and our celebrations were taken from us um, during the whole, you know, the, the middle passage to um, coming here to be enslaved. And they did that for a reason so that we, we couldn't have that cultural pride. So now is the time to go back and get it. And I have to tell you that. Um, when I did take a trip over to Senegal, West Africa, where um, most of the slave trade took place, um, I was there for nine days and I saw little hints of our culture over there. Everything from the food 
to what the people wore to how, you know, everything, every little thing. And, you know, I got to eat with a family and see their traditions for uh, meals. I got to dance with in a village barefoot <laughs> with um, all the women and, and, and the men and the children. And just to see the hierarchy that happens during a, a, a group dance, you know, the oldest women come out first and it goes gets mm. to the younger children. And then the men come out with the drums. And it's just so powerful. Mm. Those cultural types of, of different um, events and things that they celebrate are just so important to know about. That trip was one of the trips that changed my life. Um, I remember probably about the sixth day falling to my knees and crying because I was so overwhelmed with culture that I could connect to, that I saw for the first time of where it really came from. And it was in its concentrated form over there, opposed to watered down here. Um, so if you ever get an opportunity, I'm talking to all the audience out there to travel to West Africa to see your own culture and stay there for a while and actually integrate with the community you will see where all of these different little things in your family that you didn't even think about came from. And, and it's there, still there. But I want to thank you, um, Dr. Rosanna, for coming on our show today. And uh, I really appreciate having you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being with you. And thank all of you for participating and listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting, the podcast talk show for parents. If you missed part of the show, no worries. You can just wait a few minutes and click the replay of this podcast, share it with anyone who needs to hear it, and let's get the word out. Our next live episode is Friday, November 8th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means that the clocks are changing. So make sure tomorrow you change your clock, uh, fall back one hour, right? And um, next week I will be interviewing um, Desretta Jackson. She is the actress who played the young Seely in the movie, The Color Purple. Mm. She was the young Whoopi Goldberg character. <laughs> That's how you can remember her. She has a new book out called The Black Hair Conspiracy about hair discrimination and what's happening internationally with black children and their hair getting kicked out of school for natural styles and such. And you know, uh, this is just our hair we were, we were born with and people are saying we can't wear it basically. So she'll, she's gonna talk about the history of that. And we will also discuss the Crown Act and why that needs to be passed in every state um, of the union. We really need to make sure that happens. So go to our Facebook page at Black Parenting One. If you type that in the search, it'll come right up and sign up for the notifications so you don't miss any of the live broadcasts. Be sure to tag any friends in the post and hit the little star. It's the get reminder button when you see the post for the show so that you don't forget to tune in. You can always ask live questions in the chat in our Facebook comment section. section. And if your question gets picked, I will post it live on air. We're getting more questions as we're ending and oh, I wish I could have got that up there. Yes, Ghana changed someone else's life, she said too. And it, it really will. That trip to Africa, guys, If you that should be like a bucket list thing. Um, but one more thing, don't forget to follow us too on Twitter and Facebook at Black Parenting One on Instagram at Black Parenting Magazine. Our website is a full of content that will help you thrive and not just survive and that's successful, blackparenting.com. So make sure you join us there. All right, guys. You have a good weekend, rest of the weekend, and um, be sure to rate our podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself because you never know when the world will need you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.